0: This is The Truth of the Matter Is, episode number 23. I'm your host, Daniel, and I'm here with Jonathan. Let's first start off by recognizing and appreciating all of our consistent listeners. We want to thank you all in advance for continuing to press play at your own convenience. We want to also give a warm welcome to all of our new listeners. Whether you only listen to just one episode or many more after that, we thank you for giving us a chance. And we want you to know that we appreciate your time. Jonathan, what's on your mind for today?
1: Well, you know, interesting enough today, you know, I went to Dunkin' Donuts and I got some breakfast. And one thing that bothered me, right, was that I originally ordered us Oreo hot chocolates. So I go over there after you order to wait until they bring it to you. I see the lady with both our cups. She starts filling them with Oreo chocolate. And then I noticed nothing else was coming out. So as I continue to watch her, she pours a little bit out and then she gives us regular hot chocolates. So I'm sitting here saying to myself, well, let's see where the honesty is. She comes over to me and I said, those are all your hot chocolates, right? Yes. Yes. All your hot chocolates. And I'm like, no, it's not. She's like, what do you mean? I said, I just watched you pour a little bit out and give us original hot chocolates. That's not what I ordered. Oh, mm. oh yes, it's it's it's. We ran out of oil chocolate. I was like, yeah. So just tell me if the, if if there's anything else that you want. You know, don't tell me that that's oil hot chocolate. And that's not what I ordered. So I persisted to go look to see what the other options were, and I ended up getting those mint hot chocolates. But you know what bothered me was early in the morning. You know, every now and then I go to Dunkin' Donuts, and I usually want to get what I ordered, and I was a little bit annoyed that she tried to you know. try to swindle you? Yes, she tried to swindle me. She tried to front. And that wasn't right. That's not that's not good customer service. What do you think about that? It's a hell of a way to start the morning off. <laughs> right? <laughs> Inconsistency lying to your customers? Come on. Right? That's not what you're supposed
0: to do. Maybe Maybe she was afraid of what you would think. Maybe she was afraid that you would flip out on her. Well, she got caught Oreo hard chocolate.
1: She got caught right handed doing the wrong thing. And <laughs> what did they tell you? You're supposed to be honest, right? So where was yeah. the honesty? You know, the stuttering didn't help. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what happens is when people, when you get caught doing, you got doing something you ain't got no business doing, and they catch you. People always have this stupid look on their face, like, "Huh? You caught me? <laughs> you know? Oh, w- what happened?" And I'm just like, "You know what happened? <sighs> You're right." And it is is no accountability. So You know, Ma used to talk about uh people grabbing the
0: platinum shovel. Yeah. digging a deeper ditch for themselves and you know, I've I've experienced that. Yeah, <laughs> last like last week. Like just be honest. Where it's, uh Yeah, it's like you don't have to lie to kick it, as I always like to say. You yeah. know, just just come out and tell us the truth. We're not yeah. harsh people.
1: Yeah, so that bothered me a little bit. I was like, man, I was expecting some honesty. Prove me wrong, right? Prove me wrong, you didn't do it So, you know, but I didn't give her a hard time I just told her what I wanted And, you know, press forward So, that's what I'm thinking this morning But other things in Jonathan's life Is, you know, I'm going through a rough patch right now You know, trying to maintain my composure Keep the faith, you know, keep the faith that I have in Christ And I'm hopeful that he will see me through some of the concerns I have, you know One thing I can share that I've learned during my walk with God is it's normal to have concerns. But what I won't do, what I refuse to do, what I encourage everyone not to do is worry. Also, don't give space for doubts in your mind either. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But I think it's okay to have concerns, you know, about your future, about what's the next step in your life, about the trajectory that you are on now. And you're dealing with right now you know it's not easy always to remain grounded level-headed it's hard to move to maneuver through the unexpected which is why we must expect the unexpected sometimes you know mommy would tell us you know one of the things that we needed to do was save a dollar for any day you know buy what you want little at a time save with a purpose just in case funds are necessary. You know, in dire situations. Right. And for us here on the truth of the matter is, you know, the podcast is about transparency. It's about being real and honest. It's about diving in the word. Yes, but also highlighting the good and the bad that you encounter. Right. The success and also, you know, mentioning the suffering portions and periods of your life. Right. Right. One of my favorite verses is in Romans chapter five, verse three through five, which says that we should also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Right. So we will not get on this podcast. And portray a perfect image, right? A winning smile. Instead, it's important that we express and share the troubles that we may be having, right? In spite of how it may look, we want to keep it moving. We want to press forward. We want to always keep the faith. You know, one of the things I remember when I first came to Christ is I remember reading the Gospels and enjoying the stories about Jesus and how he turned water into wine. Fed the 5,000, 4,000. Healed the sick. Cast out demons, but I would get a little tied up emotional when it came to listening and reading about the sufferings of the crucifixion that Jesus went through, how unpleasant it was to revisit it, right, and for me personally, I'm not a fan of needles and punishment, right? I don't think it's right, it makes me cringe it's not my thing, right So a personal example that I will bring up. In regards to just not being interested in caring about that sort of thing. It's like going to the doctor. I hate getting needles. I hate being stuck. I hate, you know, one of the things that I went through is when I had a root canal done on both sides of my mouth. The amount of anesthesia that I got pushed in my mouth was extremely uncomfortable. I just did not like that. And it was a lot of pain. It was a lot of grunting. A lot of mashing of teeth a Bible term. And it really irked me. But eventually, you know, I got through it. But, you know, I just want to thank God that, you know, we don't have to face the crucifixion. None of us do. Right. I always remember to keep in mind that Jesus bled and when he bled, he was bleeding blood. That's the amount of sweat that was going through his mind, not through his mind. That was the amount of sweat that he was having. Right. Bleeding blood at the time or sweating blood is is, is, I can only imagine the amount of pressure that was going on through his nervous system. I can't even fathom that. Right. So one other thing before we get in. Right. there's a very important verse that's worth mentioning here. And I want to point to because, like I said, Jesus, during his time of praying in the garden, sweating so much that he burst into blood. That's the amount of stress on the nervous system that I'm pretty sure he knew that what he was doing was for us and it was tough. But he knew he loved us so much that he did it in spite of what his issues were going through. But I want us to look at Philippians chapter three, verse 10. And Paul says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participating in his sufferings, because like him in his death. In order that I may attain to the resurrection from death, which is a very meaningful and powerful scripture. I may not have to suffer like Christ did, but I'm going to have to carry my own cross as a believer. And that won't be easy. So I understand that claiming to be a believer, having the title is tough. Living the Christian difference is a struggle. But remembering what the scripture says. Is one thing that I have to remember. It's a tough thing to do. Making sure you are allowing the scripture to speak to you and give you hope, life, encouragement is another thing, right? Those are just some of the things we have to consider when we're going through these roller coaster rides of adversity and obstacles. It was Obama who said in his book, The Audacity of Hope Thoughts of Reclaiming the American Dream, that faith doesn't mean that you don't have doubts. You still experience the same greed, resentment, lust, anger that everyone else experiences. The lines between sinner and saved are fluid. The sins of those who come to church are not so different from the sins of those who do do not go and are of the world, not apart from it. So he says that those that are not apart from it are the rich, the poor, the sinners, and the saved. which is an interesting statement that he's talking about now there's something that I Too often when I'm unsure of how a word is used, I investigate. And I noticed that, you know, Obama said something interesting. He says, the lines between sinner and saved are more fluid. The sins of those who come to church are not so different from the sins of those who don't. So out of my curiosity, when I look up fluid, it says capable of flowing freely like water. It also says something that can change easily. Or well, that changes often. So, on that note, you know, I believe he is saying whether you are saved or unsaved, the actions of sin is fluid. The real difference for me, this is my interpretation of, of a believer, is we repent and turn away from our sins, while when the unsaved deny the idea of actually sinning in the first place. Now, I normally don't do this at all, but in this case, I have to speak on it. And I will have to disagree with his sentiment in regards to faith doesn't mean that you don't have doubts. So in my humble opinion, faith is about having hope in something you can't see. Now, I will say that faith doesn't mean that you don't have concerns. Right. So instead of saying doubts, I will put concerns. And here's why. Having concerns implies a troubled state of mind because you have personal interests, relations or affection for a predicament or outcome, that you want to work in your favor. When a person has doubts, is about something you feel uncertain about and do. And, right, what happens is you don't know whether it's true or possible. If you say that you have doubts about something, you believe that it might not be true or genuine. And as people of faith, I want to encourage us to know that we must believe that those who believe and God must believe that He exists, right? As people of faith, we must believe, as believers, that God must believe that we all believe that He exists and rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek Him. And that is what we talked about last week in regards to active faith. So, as believers, we have to believe that He exists and that He rewards those who diligently or earnestly seek Him. So, my thing is, we shouldn't have doubts, but we should have concerns. When you have doubts, you start to worry. And when you worry, that's a sign of weakness. We must be people of faith. Remember, hopeful, right? We must be people of faith and remember that we have to remain hopeful. So, before we move forward, Daniel, do you have anything you want to add here?
0: It's funny because my definition of faith is... um. A little bit different. Okay. it's For me, it's just working towards a goal, so to speak, and believing in that goal wholeheartedly without um worrying about the things you can't control. So that's my definition of faith. It's kind of similar to yours, but just a little bit different. Uh-huh. Instead of it being something I can't see, I just look at it as something that will happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. When you're walking in faith, and pro in the book of Hebrews it says faith is the substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things not seen. So, in other words, there's no evidence for what we can see in regards to how God moves. There's no evidence. And when I mean evidence, I mean miracles. Miracles happen in a way that's unseenable. Or we know that whatever happens, happens, and it happens in a way that's not measured. You can't measure The way in which a miracle happens. It just happens. That's why it's called a miracle. If we can measure anything or everything that happens that is good. Then God is doing something wrong. That's why his ways are past us searching out. That's why when he does things. He does things in such a way. That it can't be studied. So God who continuously blesses us. And continuously works in our lives. And continues to communicate to us. Usually does it in ways. That we can understand. We just know that it's getting done. So I guess that's the whole point of understanding that God must be revealed, not proven. If you stand back and you try to prove God, right? This obviously things that occur up to his crucifixion and things that occurred after his death. And prophecy that is done throughout the Bible. Those are portions of evidence. Things that he said has come to pass. Those are things that are prophesized, And yet you have people that hear those things and still question the legitimacy of what he says, what he's doing and how he's operating. So sometimes, you know, it's sort of like moving the goalposts, you put something in motion and said that if these things are fulfilled, then there's no reason why you shouldn't believe you have people who constantly say. That something else needs to be accomplished. Something else needs to be done because it gets to a point where people don't accept it. And I think that's what happened with Jesus when he was performing these miracles. Rather than giving glory and honor to God, they instead found reason to hate, found reason to point fingers, found reason to poke holes in arguments and statements made and done on the behalf of people who needed it. And that's the issue. So that's why I've come to the conclusion that I'm not here to try to prove anything to you. It's already been done. It's already been, it's already been fulfilled. Now it's up to you to decide to have faith. And faith is something you can't measure. It's something that you have to personally take a chance with. And no one else can do that. Right? You can do all the research, all the things you want to study. You can talk to all the people that you want. The choice is left up to you.
2: quite the segment to start off with today yes so let's make a small transition um what do you have
0: for us for today's message
1: well one of the things that i wanted to discuss and point to when it came to you know dealing with the scripture is you know i think there's so many times that we don't pay attention to what's the important things in the scripture. And some of the important things that are spoken of are parables, right? Parables are extremely important. The parable of the sower is what we're going to be looking at today. And there's plenty that we can learn from in this parable. And that's why we're going to talk about it. And we're also going to revisit the cl- the comment of the storm. You know, when Jesus was in the boat and his disciples were there and they were sailing, I believe, to Caparition. But first, let's pray. Alright? Let's begin with prayer.
2: Everyone bow your heads. O Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for yet another day. We submit ourselves to your will. Not our will, but your will. We ask for
0: guidance and direction. We ask that you open up our minds our understanding, and our ability to be patient. Allow us to process information and, most importantly, be optimistic about things we don't understand and cannot fathom. But give us a willingness to learn and respond accordingly to others
2: who don't think and live like we do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all those in agreement say,
1: Amen. Amen. So, Daniel, let's start out by looking at and reading the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 5 through 10, please.
2: While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told
0: this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on. And the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up. The plants withered. Because they had no moisture. Other seeds fell among thorns. Which grew up with it. And choked the plants. Still. Other seeds fell on good soil. It came up. And yield a crop. A crop hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. And he said. The knowledge of secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others i speak in parables so that though seeing they may not see though hearing they may not understand
1: all right good job daniel so we are not going to spend any time defining what jesus said because of the next five verses he actually explains the parable to his disciples and daniel will read that in just a second but what we will do is talk about the way in, in which Jesus went about sharing his message, right? I believe that the use of the farming illustration is a genius move It's also very relatable to the times. What's interesting is I can visualize myself or even Daniel as a planter tossing seeds on the ground. But the understanding now, not all the seeds you toss will end up growing into crops. However, the idea of tossing a seed and giving it a chance to manifest is. All that matters, you know, having a chance to grow and develop and the process is all that matters, right? The plant is the process. And I believe that we can also be very similar to this as well. There are stages that a seed goes through. And in humans, there are stages that we go through, whether it's a baby, then you become a child, then you become a toddler, or, you know, then you become you, you go through your stages Maturing From kindergarten to first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth Seven And then you go through high school And then you're in college And then you're a, you're a young adult And then you're an adult And then you're elder You're older So there's stages And the see as it grows and matures the stages in the human being As we grow and mature So I thought that was very interesting How he Kind of threw that out there Now here's another interesting point In what he says in the parable So I want us all to listen right So Dan can you read Luke chapter 8 Verse 11 through 15 please
0: This is the meaning of the parable The seed is the word of God Those along the path Are the ones who hear And then the devil comes And take away the word From their hearts So that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way they are choked by life's worries riches and pleasures and they do not mature but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word retain it
1: and by perseverance produce a crop yeah so that's pretty much self-explanatory with a lot of what he's saying but i want to point out something right i want to break down something jesus said he says life's worry life's worries and I I want people to understand something right what comes from worrying is a sense of insecurity uneasiness and fear right worrying is one of the most unpleasant emotions that an individual can experience right it's one of the most common feelings to have as well as you are not alone in this right a lot of us are not alone in this everyone goes through a a period in, in a stage of worrying but there's points and times in the faith that you have to come out of that. And I'm going to explain that in a little bit about what I mean. The reality is that some people suffer from chronic worrying in the form of anxiety. Right. Let me repeat that. Some people suffer from chronic worrying in the form of anxiety. Right. Now, this is where I want to explain things a little bit more. There's a huge difference between worrying and having concerns. There's a difference between worrying and having concerns. Having concerns is when an issue arrives, the attention of the individual, the he or she, would begin to care and feel unrested. Now, here's the key point in this definition. What will follow up would be trying to find solutions. Repeat that. What will be followed up after they assess what's going on is that they will try to find solutions. Worrying, however, is about being uneasy or anxious about something. You start to question things with no surety. Right. When you're worrying, you start to question things with no surety. Now, here are five major things that people worry about. Financial stability. Right. Having debt is a huge problem and concern. You know, you start to ask yourself, will you or will you not be able to cover your bills next month, your rent, your mortgage? Do you have enough funds to pay off install payments that you may have put on certain items that you thought were essential or were gifts? You get to a point that you max out your credit cards and potentially have to file for bankruptcy. Those are periods in which people start to worry. Notice the suggestions are. In my opinion, those would be more concerns because within that place of concern, I will be doing what I can research wise to figure out how I can help myself in those predicaments. Right. My mentality is don't worry. Instead, I need to be concerned about these things, but I have to be active. And looking for a solution. So that's my alternative to that. When things like that come up, you don't stew in those issues. You don't allow those issues to consume you and stress you out. Instead, you have to find a way to dig yourself out of it. Getting help, assistance, making calls to people that, in the banks that obviously if you explain your situation, there's grace periods. You have to do your due diligence, right? Now, some people worry about their future aspirations. You know, will I have kids? Do I have college funds for the kids? Have I established some life insurance, financial security? That's one of the major causes of stress for some parents that have kids and some of the things that they're dealing with. Do I have to work all the days of my life? Can I retire early? Those are some concerns I've noticed in some instances. I've met people who love to work and they don't mind working to 1670. And there are other predicaments and situations that their living conditions aren't the best and they feel forced to have to do that. Right. The question is, you know, where they live long, have they taken care of themselves? Have they treated their health as one of the most essential elements when it comes to things that matter to them And we'll get into that in just a second Here's another important thing Job security Right Well, I lose my job over an accusation that isn't true Right Is this because this is the only job that I have Can I stay on board and move on up To a better position in the rankings Am I the only breadwinner in my home You know you start to say to yourself You know, my family is counting on me because I am the provider. Am I making enough? Some people start to feel as if their job is at risk if they do not perform to a certain standard. Right. Not to mention the external pressures with the economic or the economy, you know, slowing down and the job market becoming even more competitive. Another thing is relationships. Are my personal relationships personal? Those who are single parents worry, not single parents, but single individuals start to worry about the partners that they find. And if those partners help them reach a certain level of maturity, growth, development, inspiration, encouragement, motivation, Right. You start to worry about the security of the bonds that you have in those relationships, moving in the direction to grow between both parties. That's what you're hoping for in relationships. Right. My think my point is like you get in relationships with people to go. And the point is, is that you become better. than the person that started before you got in the relationship, and that's what we're supposed to do as friends, as family members and in romantic relationships, you want to elevate them you want to bring them up to another level you start to worry if those relationships that you're in do that right it's obviously not just about romantic relationships right sometimes the strain that is placed on you come from relationships within your family your children your colleagues your friends some of those things weigh heavily on your mind and can sometimes in fact force you to be not focused on the tasks at hand, but more in terms of other people's circumstances, especially when they're relying on you, right? Those are some of the things people worry about. And lastly, health, right? Many people worry about their health, the health of their loved ones to the point that they want to encourage people to eat healthy, to have a decent diet, to exercise, right? A little worry, Sometimes can alert you to step it up. But again, I want to point that these things could be of concern because you can change how you view these things. With trying to look for solutions, right? So a personal example could be. You know, my tank is halfway. And I need to go to Jersey. That's my destination. And I'm coming from Brooklyn. So. I would view this more as a concern. Why? Because that means I have enough gas to get to Jersey. But common sense might be, let me fill up. So I'm full. So that does become an issue of worry, right? Because what happens if I'm on the bridge and my gas light comes on? Then you're worrying about the next gas station you need to get to. That has completely shifted from a concern to a worry Because now you're in a place where you're not in a predicament where things are going to be smooth sailing. Now you're counting how many miles you're away from a near gas station. How many miles that you have that you can get there. Right. Now, here's a positive, and I don't recommend it, but worrying. Could be a good thing, and it could be a good thing because it can push you. Right. But the issue with that is it can cause several anxiety and mental traumas. And that's not doing good by anybody. So sometimes, you know, there's a couple of friends I met in college who say that they have something to do that day. And they might start to worry, panic. But it's through that adrenaline that they're able to push forward and get it done. Not everybody can operate like that. It's... Good for some people. But for everyone, mm, not much not so much so. So be made very aware that when you have concerns, you're pushing to find a solution. And solution could be easy, it could be done, it could be fixable. Worrying puts you in a place of panic, puts you in a place of doubt. And that's no way to treat your heart. No way to treat your health, your personal health. Now briefly you know we spoke about Jesus crying in the storm in the book of Luke However there's a more extended version of the story And it can be found in Mark chapter 4 verse 35 through 41 But before then you read that What are some of the thoughts I have said in regards to having concerns and worrying about some of those things in life Do you have any comments on that?
2: Worrying is um Worrying to me is doing things that are, are giving thought to things that are out of your control.
0: Mm. While concerns are recognizing certain things that may become bigger issues that you can possibly control.
1: And that's the simple way of how I would separate them. Okay. So you believe worrying for the most part are things that you really can't do nothing about. It is what it is sort of thing. And concerns She's and things you can do something anything. about. Yeah. Okay.
0: You only you only get to worrying when you don't take care of the concerns.
1: Gotcha. That's a good point. Wow, and
0: see. I think it's very important to tackle concerns immediately, as you said. Because it's you know, a lot of issues can be solved with just simple discipline or not putting things off till they become bigger. And just attacking problems immediately when you see them. Um, Or at least having a plan to tackle them. And then once you do tackle them, then you realize the worrying part never really comes. Hmm. Because it's already taken care of. So you mentioned, excuse me, for example, college papers or having to study for a test. If you study every day for a test that you know is coming in three weeks, you won't ever have to be con- worried about failing it. You can be concerned about it, but if you put forth the plan to, I'm going to study in an hour each night for this test, you'll be confident when it comes to take the test. Uh. If you know you have a paper that's due in two weeks, and you write, let's say it's a, what a ten page paper.
2: Yeah, we that's can about do that. the, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You write a page a day. Then you have in the paper to do in two weeks. Well, you will finish it in 10 days. And maybe one of those days, you may even write two or three pages because you're just filling it. And then you have four days to have it revised and everything else under the sun. And then when it comes time to take the test or when it comes time to turn your paper, in, you already know it's going to be good or it should be at least a passing grade at the least. So that's why they always say these things when you're going through school and whatnot. Is that if you just kind of put in daily effort to work towards getting things accomplished, it takes worrying out of situations. And especially in our society now where it's very common for a lot of people to experience some form of anxiety or sometimes it's just extreme worrying because they're not taking care of their concerns. It's, it's a very common thing, but it's also very common for people to not have discipline and to not be actually putting in work towards things. Like there's no sweat equity put into problems a lot of times. So that's why they get to the anxiety phase. So that's why they get to the worrying phase is because there's no real application being put into it. Thoughts
2: are not application and we mistake that. A lot these days is oh i want to for example i want to move out right Mm -hmm.
0: then you don't have three months of rent saved up but you only like I, i know i know a girl now who's um she wanted to move out and her timeline for moving out has been pushed up severely and now she wants to start working overtime and working the two jobs that she had beforehand, like she's starting to do those things now because the timeline has been pushed up. As you mentioned earlier today about where, um, worries can sometimes push you to do what it is that needs to get done. It was good that she's stepping up to the occasion now, but six months ago when she was warned about these things, um, she didn't take it as seriously. So now those, the concern became a worry in that sense.
1: Yeah. That's a good. That's a good assessment. I agree with a lot of what you said, and to make it even more personal, that's what I'm dealing with too. I put money away, as I said, you know, mommy encouraged us to put a dollar away for a rainy day, and I'm dealing with some things now, and I haven't hit the worry stage, but I've hit the concern stage. While well, I'm trying to get my car fixed, it. I have money put away to address those concerns, but I'm not in a place but where you I see, start worrying. If
0: you didn't. Yeah. If you didn't do that before, you would have been, you would have been worrying or you would have been so stressed out that you may not even be able to come up with a plan of action. Yep. Or you'll be scrambling. Like, you probably won't even be be able to sit here and do this podcast today. Yeah. Because you would be in a state of chaos of trying to get things done. So... Be practical in, in your, or I, I like to say, be serious about life, but also be practical in your approach. Uh-huh. Um, Do a little something each day to make the decisions that you have down the line a lot easier on yourself.
1: Uh-huh. And you dropping some gems. Gotta hear yeah. you more often. I <laughs> 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 hear just giving the gospel of practicality. Look at you. Oh. You know,
0: being practical is an a under, undervalued thing for sure. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us
1: don't want to be practical.
0: It's not fun always being practical, but it's necessary.
1: Yeah, it's very realistic. You're dealing with, with a reality element where it's like, this is what I have to do. This is what this is the choices that I have left. Now there's no v- space for creativity. This is what it is. This And it's, this is and what it's funny
0: because with. if you look at the word, it's telling you to do these things. hmm it's, it puts you in it's giving you the wisdom
2: uh-huh.
0: but you just have to sometimes translate the the parables and the stories into a practical sense like that's why they always say the Bible gives you all the answers or has all the answers and, and this I think this is a great example of that uh-huh. it really is yeah, that's why you never see Jesus in a state of panic.
1: <laughs> yeah cause he already knows what's going on he knows what he was called to do Man, what about... and about he's mm-hmm.
0: practical in his approach
1: Yeah. now I'm about to give you a practical response to this story in the book of Mark chapter 4 verse 35 through 41 so take it away Daniel
0: that day when even came he said to his disciples let us go over to the other side leaving the crowd behind they took him along, just as he was, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up rebuked the waves, and said to the waves, Quiet! Be still! Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. Asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him.
1: Yeah, so the way I understood this part of the text is it's in relationship to my life, and it's very simple. So as Daniel just articulated not too long ago, I'm going to show you how I look at this particular portion of the story and how I relate it to my life, right? And I believe what I'm about to say will help out so many. So please listen closely, right? So the storm in this passage is really about the adversity and the obstacles that we face in life. God is present with us always, just like Jesus was present with his disciples on the boat. Jesus is with us in spirit as well. And I don't think we should ever forget that. The scripture made it clear. The scripture has made it clear that he would never leave us nor forsake us. God is with us always till the very end. Which is interesting to why Jesus questions his disciples on their faith. Because while the storm got really bad, they began to worry. To panic. They lost sight of the fact that Jesus was, was, was with them in the boat. The whole time he was with them. So, remember this. As long as Jesus is with you, what can happen to you? Hence, it says in Romans 8, verse 31. It says, if God is with us. Who could be against us? The lesson is, for instance, right? In a period of time, the disciples lost sight of the fact that Jesus was with them. Because if they had, they would have realized that there's nothing to panic, nothing to worry about. And sometimes we make this mistake often. Remember, God's word. We are covered by his blood. As long as we are members of the kingdom. We are covered by his blood We are protected We are one of God's children There's no need to panic Right? We have the ultimate cheat code The one who knows all Sees all And has knowledge of all things He can control the winds He can heal the sick He can bring the dead back to life That's the God that we serve So when the next time you're in the midst of something Remember, God is with you. He's right beside you. He hasn't gone anywhere. The trials, the tribulations, the issues that you face, He's aware of it. He knows. The question is what are you going to do? Are you reading your word daily? Do you remember what it says when you face certain things? Are you applying it? The hardest thing to do is to process the word and put it into action. Some of us. Aren't familiar with the scriptures? Some of us are, but we forget to apply them. Look at these stories and see the mistakes that are made by some of these people in the stories and learn from them and be better than that. That's my suggestion. That's what I hope for people. So, in conclusion, expect the unexpected. Life will throw curveballs at you, people would take cheap shots at you. It's okay to have concerns, but worrying, no. Look for solutions, look for a way to address them. Worrying is a no-no, because then you start to panic, doubt starts to creep in. And finally, there's a passage that I want us to look at, and this is something Jesus told us in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 25 through 34, Daniel Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your
0: life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns. And yet, If that is how God's clothes, the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothes for you? You of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? The pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day Has enough trouble of his own.
1: Yeah, so my favorite statement from here is Jesus said, Can you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Remember that things will not change. For the good, by worrying, they can only
2: get worse. It can only get worse. So, we end here with devotional time. I believe it's you, Daniel, doing devotion today? It is. Remember, there are no problems God cannot solve.
0: No circumstances that escaped his attention. No future that can't be adapted to his plan. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11... It says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God is never surprised, never in need of being educated, and never in doubt. His way is perfect. In the difficult turns of your life, you may struggle, misunderstand, then blame God. Why? You don't know the end of the story. You think what you face is unfair and that God not only doesn't make sense but is untrustworthy. What he knows, but you don't see, is that there is an ending that proves his faithfulness. You just haven't come to the part of the story yet. Know the beginning of your story. You're living in the present, the future. That's the part God understands. So do us a favor and hold on. Trust your loving creator's promise that his plan is perfect and for your good, even when it doesn't seem like it. A little thing I would like to add is to remember to live your life in a way where you are constantly solving and trying to handle concerns so that they don't turn into worries i'd like to pray for all of you today and say this lord i love you and trust you i know you have good things peace and blessings for me help me to trust you through the difficult
2: times on the way to the future you've prepared In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed week. Keep the faith. And don't worry.